0: Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. You want to just turn with me over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're not not going to go there immediately, but we will get there to Matthew chapter 6. So I'm going to read to you. We're we're starting our series on prayer. And I appreciate the, the time we took this morning to pray, to actually pray. And I want to just, as you're turning to Matthew 6, just read a couple of, these are real children's prayers, okay? Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Dear God, please change the taste of asparagus. It's gross. Thanks, Sarah. Dear God, did you mean for a giraffe to look like that, or was it an accident? Dear God, are you a ninja? Is that why I can't see you? Dear God, if you give me a genie lamp, like the one in Aladdin, I will give you anything you want, except my money or my chest set. All right. Um, dear God, maybe Cain and Abel would not kill each other so much if they had their own rooms. It works with my brother. You know, as we, as we begin to talk about prayer, as we start a series on prayer, and we really... Spend time digging into to prayer, there can be a low level of guilt that begins to set in. Just like if we were to talk about generosity or serving or sharing our faith, there's always this potential as we think about prayer to think, wow, it's, it, prayer's good. You know, I know it's important to pray. But I don't pray enough. And I really don't know how to pray. And so I know there's these important aspects to the Christian faith that the Bible talks about, that Jesus I see Jesus doing and we do on Sunday mornings and and other people are talking about these things, but yet in my own life I may be experience very little of that and what I do experience is is really discouraging because I'm not experiencing all that I see other people talking about. So I'll meet, I talk to someone at church and they've got this vibrant prayer life and they're describing their times of just digging into the Lord and this richness and, and how the Lord's meeting them and, and, and challenging them and, and seeing answers to prayer. And then you're like, wow, that's not encouraging me at all. Well, I'm not, I, don't, I don't experience any of that. I've never had that happen to me. You ever heard the Lord speak to me or just have somebody jump out of the pages of Scripture at me or really feel like God's ever answered a prayer of mine? My heart, my heart for us, my heart for us as God's people, as His church, is not that we would just grow in the area of prayer, but that we would grow in relationship to the Lord. Because the goal of prayer isn't just prayer itself. The goal of prayer is the Lord. And so my hope for us, my hope for us is that we would grow. That we're not looking at this series saying, okay, tomorrow I need to be a George Mueller, or I need to be Mother Teresa, or something like that. But that in each one of our lives, that we would experience a growth towards the Lord. And that would be my heart for us. So, we all come to church for, for, for different reasons. There's a social aspect to church, there's a, there's a fellowship aspect to it, there's ministry, maybe there's an opportunity to serve. Maybe you're on the schedule this week, and therefore I need to be at church. And there's all these various reasons for us to really come to church on a Sunday morning or to Life Share group throughout the week. But I believe in each one of us, God has placed a desire to know him more. So my hope for us, my prayer for us, is that we, as we think through these things, that we would grow and that desire would only increase and that God would begin to satisfy some of those longings that we have for him in our lives. That we would grow in fellowship and experience his presence in our lives. So there's a few areas of impact that I want to just go through with us as we kind of talk about this series because there's different aspects to this series I think they're going to be important for. Us. So the first thing I want to encourage us to consider as we think about our lives and our the business of our schedules and everything we've got going on there's there's a couple of different components to this this series that we're going to do together as a church. The first thing is this. And we're going to call this chair time, okay? And this is Willow Creek uses this, so it's a complete ripoff of Willow Creek. Um, But really, I want to encourage us that to begin a a daily habit of sitting down in, in your most comfortable chair possible in your home and spending 15 minutes of reading the word of prayer and reflection with the Lord. And just... It doesn't have to be this this grand. I'm not. We're not asking for you to, to jump into three hours a day and you know get up at two o'clock in the morning and, and you know lay out all the nations of the world before the Lord. That would be great if you do that. Okay, Amen. Chip may do that, but the rest of us are like, Hey, we need to we need to we need to begin to dialogue with the Lord. So I would encourage you: 15 minutes a day, chair time. Find your most comfortable chair. Sit down and begin to spend a little time in the word, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in reflection and meditation of, of God, what are you saying? God, what is what are you asking me of, of me today? Okay. There's actually a wonderful there's a wonderful Bible app that I found. And I don't know so this Bible Life Church Bible app. There are a thousand reading plans for the Bible in this app. Easy to download. You can go in there, you can find a prayer. You know, there's the various prayer, uh, Bible reading, there's a little, little, you know, meditation and then there's some scripture after that or you just read through the Bible in a year or read through the New Testament in 90 days or whatever it may be. I would encourage you, if if, if you struggle to really get into a, a daily time with the Lord, something like this is is really helpful. I use this every day pretty much. It's It's really helpful for me. So, I would encourage you spend fifteen minutes in chair time. Okay. Secondly, so that's a that's an individual, it's an individual thing. I want to talk now about more of a corporate thing of of us a together thing. Okay. I want to encourage us to grow in praying for one another. Okay. As James five sixteen talks about, pray for one another. Scripture commands it of us. Three weeks ago, we. We prayed together as a church. We took time after the service was over and we, we broke into small groups and, and prayed. And it, for some, that was do I need to kind of stay put here? For some, that was, that was a, a great time. We're comfortable with that. We're used to that. We're, we've prayed in, in small groups before. For others, it was really uncomfortable. And in preparing for that, and it didn't occur to me that that may be uncomfortable for some people. Maybe to the point of like, hey, I don't want to do this. This is I'm not used to praying in front of other people. I'm not used to praying with other people. And so I want to apologize if you if that made you feel uncomfortable. If you weren't prepared for that and you feel like that was thrown upon you, I apologize for that. It wasn't my heart to try to make anyone feel uncomfortable or to feel like we're trying to. Throw something at you that you weren't ready for. But that being said, I do want to encourage you to begin to consider praying for other people, not just at home, but one to one or with a small group of people. I want to just, I want to share, um, I want to share a, uh, actually, I'll wait on that. But, I know there's times where I've met people, seen different people in the church at Target or Menards or some other place and um, we'll be talking about something and and, and as we're talking, a a need comes up. And the amount of times that I've been able to say, hey, look, can we just pray right now on the spot? Let's just pray right here. It's like, "Uh, are you serious? Like, yeah, let's pray. I feel like that, it's an opportunity to to minister and to care and to really love our brothers. If they're if obviously if they're if they're like hey I'm not comfortable with that please don't then don't do that. But if they're comfortable with it, it's a great way to minister and care for people. So I want to encourage that. I want to encourage that for us to begin to pray with one another. And the third. So there's a, there's an individual aspect, there's a corporate aspect of it. But lastly. I think there's a theological aspect to it, and this is what I mean, that we would begin to pray with understanding, okay? Edmund Clowney says this, this is a little quote here. It says, the Bible does not present an art of prayer, okay? It presents the God of prayer. So as we begin to know God more, we begin to hear His heart and see His love and His compassion and His mercy and His grace and His His. Identifying himself with with the least of these and the broken and the lost, that should inform the way that we begin to pray for one another. So when we see the things that took place in in Charlottesville a few weeks ago, we understand that that is not the heart of God. To see such brokenness and hatred and animosity between people, we we can begin to pray with understanding God. We pray that you would bring reconciliation and you'd begin to bring restoration because, God, that is your heart towards this situation. It isn't more brokenness and more divisiveness. So we can begin to pray with understanding. Now, that's harder to really gauge, but I hope as we go through these next few weeks as we look at prayer that it would bring a theological deepening to the way in which we engage with God's Word and we engage with Him individually and we engage with one another corporately. Okay? So, a couple things. Chair time. Fifteen minutes a day with the Lord. Prayer, reflection, reading His Word. Secondly, as we begin to grow, as we pray for and with one another. And third, that we begin to pray with understanding. Okay? Okay? Now, I want to just go through also a couple things that this, this series is going to entail, okay? So there's some elements of the series. First thing is this, is that there's life share groups. And Tim talked about it this morning. We've been talking about it for, for the past couple of weeks. But life share groups are a great opportunity for us to grow in praying together, right? It's, it's, it's a smaller space. It's not a couple hundred people. It's maybe maybe 10, or if you're in Tim's group, 30 or 40. But it's a great time to really just dig in together. And in the life share groups, we're going to be going through a book called Praying Life, which is this book on the, on the screen here. Look, if, if you're not in a life share group, you can still go through the book. All right. It's not limited to only life share groups. If you're like, hey, it doesn't work with my schedule. I work nights or whatever. You can still get the book. It's a phenomenal book. And it's, it's really affected the way in which I engage in prayer. So there's, there's the book. Secondly, so that's one element of it. So we'll, we'll have we'll have a, a time of life share groups going through the book. Secondly, we're going to have some Mercy Hill Five cards. So we can have the I don't know if the ushers have passed those out or not yet. Can we just pass those out real quick? Okay. Here's what this is. There's a card, and it's got it's got one, two, three, four, five on there. And what what we're going to ask you to do is to take a moment and fill out the card. Now. As you fill out the card, I'm going to ask that you put the people's names on there of people that you come into regular contact with. So, someone, your neighbor, coworker, family member, a friend, someone that you just want to commit So, Lord, for this next season, I want to pray specifically for this person in particular. So, there's five slots. Now, I want to say this. So, Please fill out the first four and then the last slot, number five. Okay, number five. Can we put the next slide up, please? I also want to just, slot number five. This, these are the names of our international student friends and families who, who either come to this church regularly or, or are friends with different families in the church. Can you put on that fifth slot someone's name from this list on your card? Okay, so we're going to pray for the international students who are among us. We are so grateful if you are an international student. We are so grateful that you would come and worship with us. We want the Lord to richly bless your life. We want you to experience the life that Jesus, has, Jesus Christ has for you. We're glad that you're hanging out with us. We're going to pray for you as a church. We want to see your life grow, prosper, and so would you write one of these names from this list onto your number five uh, slot on your card? I, I want to just, um, I want to say this. We, a few, few years, maybe a couple decades ago, before you um, before even planted Mercy Hill Church at Living Word Church where we were planted from, we, what my mom decided to do is find, get all the names of the students of Highland High School, because she lives in Highland, so she wanted to get the names of all the students of Highland High School. She wants all of them to get to be prayed for by various people in the church. So she broke the entire Highland High School yearbook into like 15 students per card, passed them out to people in the church who would be willing to pray for the students, and so people, I'll pray for 15, I'll pray for 15. So my mom had her own list of 15 that she was praying for. She spent years praying for these students on the list. Can, this, so this is the list from my mom's Bible. This is the list. These are 15 students. This is from decades ago. I don't know if, can you see that? Can you see that name at the top of the list? Turkovich, Jamie, right? So my mom spent years praying for this girl named Jamie Turkovich, who she never met before. And one day she's at Living Word Church, she's greeting at the front door, and this girl walks through the door. So, how you doing? And my name's Jamie. Oh, Jamie, what's your last name? Jamie Turkovich. Jamie Turkovich walked through the doors of Living Word Church. Now, Jamie Turkovich ended up marrying Tim Paul, so Jamie Paul goes to church here with Ruth, the lady who was praying for her for years. So as we think about, you can put the other list back because I don't want to miss the names. As you think about praying for people, praying for people on the list, praying for these international students, praying for the people in your life, you have no idea. You have no idea where one day you you may meet that person or that student or you may be talking with a friend and the Lord begins to open doors and who knows what the Lord can do through simply laying the names of your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers before him. You know, there's, a, there's a, another quick story. We, did, we also did this when I was a youth pastor at Living Word Church. We prayed for various kids. So this one student came to youth group one time, and it happened to be the, the day that we kind of filled the names out. And So I ended up getting the student's name, but he never, he never came back. I don't know where he went. And so I spent years praying for this guy. Years, and one day we're here at Mercy Hill, and I'm—I I was talking to someone I'd never met this person before, so I introduced myself. How you doing? I'm John, and he said his name. It was a little bit—it was a different name—and I'm like, "What's your last name?" It was the guy that I'd spent years praying for, and I was able to look at this guy and say, "You know what? I met you one other time before, and I've spent years praying for you." I think what a privilege that we could, that we would, God would continue to open doors for us to pray and believe that the Lord is going to use our prayers, our feeble, simple prayers for other people
1: in a mighty,
0: powerful way. So there's the life share groups, there's the book, there's the Mercy Hill five cards, and then also on Sunday mornings. We're going to spend time together on Sunday mornings digging into the Lord's prayer. All right, digging into the Lord's prayer. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna begin next week looking at the Lord's prayer. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take that section by section, and really look into what does it mean as we pray, as the Lord Jesus Christ Himself lays out the prayer for us. To to as he, His disciples come and say, "Lord, teach us to pray," He says, "No problem, I'll do that," and He be, and He begins to teach them. So we're gonna learn from Jesus Christ what it means to pray. So that being said, what is prayer. What is prayer? Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 6. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says in verse 5, and when you you pray, and when you pray, not if you pray or if you get an opportunity to pray, but when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So when you pray, when you pray, there is what Jesus is describing in this section of Scripture is a a personal and private prayer life. That's what You call this chair time. That's what Jesus Christ is describing, this personal, intimate fellowship with the Lord that's between just you and Him. There's an opportunity to, to peel back from the busyness of the day and the demands of everything that's going on around you and take a moment. To breathe, take a moment to fix our eyes on the Lord and really ask the Lord to begin to recalibrate us. I cannot tell you the amount of times that in my life I've been troubled by whatever it may be. There's, there's, there's this to do list, there's responsibility, there's troubles, there's whatever's going on. And that moment of, of, of pulling back and spending time with the Lord. It changes our perspective on everything. It reminds us of the goodness of God and the fact that He's in control and that He loves us and that all things really do belong to Him and we can begin to lay these things at His feet because He cares and loves us. Personal and private. What else do we see prayer look like in the Bible? Prayer looks like in the Bible people praying at the temple together, people praying in the wilderness People praying in the city, people praying on boats, on horses, on chariots, and battle and peace. Prayer's going on all over the place all the time. And the spectrum of what's being prayed for is victory in battle, praying for someone to get healed, praying for peace, asking God for restoration. There's all these various elements of prayer, and it doesn't look like any single one thing. So what is prayer? I would say prayer is simply this. It is engaging with God. It's engagement with God. Engaging with the Lord. So engaging with God is, is, is could be a chair time at home, but it could happen anywhere. It's God's world that we live in. It all belongs to Him. And as we interact with with the world, as we interact with people whom He has created in His own image, we have an opportunity to pray. Not just pray by ourselves in the closet where no one knows, but as we interact with one another, as we are aware that God's in control, as we are aware that God is creator, God is sustainer, God is the giver of life. As we interact on that level, It is engagement with God. Prayer isn't only limited to our closet by ourselves or in our car by ourselves or just simply by ourselves. As we interact with one another, His creation, we are engaging with the Lord. Now, I say all that. We will focus on that a bit. But I want us to see that prayer isn't just limited to one thing by ourselves in our room. It can't be. It's much bigger than that. The apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5:17 says, this, "Pray without ceasing." All right? That is a really frustrating verse to read. Right? Cuz we think, "Well, am I supposed to quit my job, check out of life, go to my closet and spend all day and all night there praying by myself with no one else around me? What am I going to eat? What if I have to go to the bathroom?" I mean, there's all kind of, that's frustrating. But if we think about prayer, it's not just not just something that we do by ourselves. But prayer is an engagement with God through His, through everything He's created, through His people, through through His Word, through creation. We can begin to see that we can begin to live prayer without ceasing. I just want to go back real quick to this this idea that. Prayer can sometimes be a frustrating experience, like we said in the beginning. Then we'll wrap things up. See, prayer sometimes, as we, even, as, we, as we continue to talk about this, it can feel like that pop machine that you put your money in and nothing came out, right? You know what I'm talking about? You put your money in a pop machine, hit the button, and then nothing drops out. So what do you do? You shake the machine, right? Okay? shake the machine, if you ever seen like the, the side of the machine with the, the graphic of the guy with the machine, like falling on top of him, all right, that guy put his money in and didn't get anything out, and now he's, he's fighting with the machine, so we put more money in, and still nothing comes out, and we put more money in, and nothing still comes out, and it's clearly something's broken here, so we end up leaving thirsty, we end up leaving frustrated, and we end up leaving broke, Right? Because all we want is a pop. We just want an answer to my thirst problem. And that may be a description of our prayer lives in the past. Like that pop machine. man, I put my quarters in and nothing came out. So you know what? I'll do it again. Nothing came out. I'll try it again. I'll shake the machine. I'll kick the machine. I'll scream at the machine. What we're going to ask for today Is a renewed heart to pray. And not just pray for the sake of praying, but prayer because we want to engage with the Lord. Don't we want to engage with the Lord? When you think about everything you've got going on in your life, there is a cry in our hearts that, Lord, we want to engage with you. God, we want to know you. God, I want to know the creator, the sustainer, the giver of life, of everything that's going on in this world, the the, the hurricanes and the earthquakes and the trouble at home and the the relationship breakdown and, and everything that's going on, God, amongst all of that, Lord, I want to know you. I want to engage with you. I want to walk with you. We're going to ask the Lord for a renewed heart to pray. C.S. Lewis wrote this. And C.S. Lewis, Lionwitch in a Wardrobe, he wrote children's books, but he was also a phenomenal theologian, wrote this. An ordinary, simple Christian kneels down to say his prayers. He is trying to get in touch with God. but he is a Christ- But if he is a Christian, he knows that what is prompting him to pray is also God. God, so to speak, inside of him. But he also knows that all his real knowledge of God comes through Christ, the, the man who was God, that Christ is standing beside him, helping him to pray, praying for him. You see what is happening. God is the thing to which he is praying, the goal he is trying to reach. God is also the thing inside of him which is pushing him on, the motive of power. God is also the road or bridge along which he is being pushed to that goal. So, that the whole threefold life of the three person being is actually going on in that ordinary little bedroom where an ordinary man is saying his prayers. As you and I begin to pray, it is not just a natural, simple thing. The entire Trinity, the triune nature of God, is at work. The desire to pray comes from the Lord. The the ability to pray, the the strength to pray, the the power to pray comes from the Lord. The goal to which we're seeking is the Lord. So as we say our simple prayers, a simple bedroom, and an early morning, Almighty God is, is deeply at work in us and around us. Let that be a motivation to you if there is any desire in your heart to pray, God is already at work. He is the one who empowers and strengthens and gives desire and helps us in all that we need. God is at work. He is the ultimate source. He's the strength, and he's the answer to all that we pray for. I want to close. Reading Hebrews chapter 4, and then we'll take communion. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We're going to ask the Lord for a renewed heart to pray. And I know as as we think about this, I'm excited because I think, Lord, I need my heart renewed to pray. As we As we dialogue with the Lord, as we Discuss with one another as we we dig into this. My heart is that we would begin to grow and experience the life of Almighty God flowing through us as a blessing to one another. So Lord Jesus, thank you God that you welcome us. Lord, you command us to draw near. God, it is an open invitation for us to fellowship with you and commune with you. And God, we recognize, Lord, our weakness in prayer. God, I pray, Lord, that we would walk away with some low-level guilt, not doing what I'm supposed to do, but Lord, that you would renew our hearts. God, give us a passion to pray. And not just a passion to pray, but a passion for you. God, that we would begin to engage with you, Lord. Lord, that we would hear your call, your invitation, your welcome, your embrace. So, Lord, we pray, help us, God. Help us in our weakness. Help us in our apathy. And, God, renew a heart for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.